Hey ladies, I'm jumping in here to answer the question, uh, anonymous question posted by a user. It was a very long question, so I'm going to break it down into little parts for you guys. And I wanted to first thank the user. Thank you so much for trusting me and submitting your question, first of all. And second of all, thank you so much for having the courage really to go ahead and post a question. I want um, for everybody else really to understand that you can at any time post a question to this group. The difference you'll find between this group and a lot of other groups for Christian wives and moms is that I moderate this group. So as the questions come through, I'm the one who sees them. And yes, I allow it to be posted so that anybody else can answer in the comments. But I also am able to take the question myself and answer it for you guys as well. And the, the reason why we do that is because in a lot of the other groups, what happens is you have thousands of women in those groups, and then you'll see everybody chimes in with their comments. But what ends up happening is there's a lot of division, a lot of hate, a lot of mean things can be said. It's just a really sad thing. It does not help to build a community. And that's what we don't want here. But I do want everybody to feel encouraged to go ahead and Post whatever it is that you want in here. This is your group. It's your community. You can always feel free to post questions. I will answer them or anything else. Totally fine. I'll see it as long as they are within the group rules. That is totally fine. But I do see them before they get approved. All right. So going to your question. First part of the question is, how do you work on marriage-related issues if your spouse refuses therapy? Great question. So I am going to just... Like I said, I'm going to break it all down. Number one, for that first part, I want you to know you're not alone. That's why this group exists. That's why I created the podcast, because there are so many women out there who feel like they're alone because they feel like they have these issues, but their husband doesn't want to participate. He doesn't want to go to therapy, doesn't want to participate in the healing process or even the working on the marriage process. So that's why we are here. But how do you do that? Is that change starts with us. It always starts with us. We can't force our husbands to change, but we can look inwardly at ourselves and figure out what can we do differently? Not necessarily what can we do better. I don't want to make this a, a type of perfectionist thing where I'm going, well, you're just not being good enough. And it has nothing to do with that. It's more about how do we ourselves get better so that we can inspire change in our husband. And any good husband is going to respond to that. So many men refuse therapy. That's actually normal, right? Men don't like talking about their feelings. And a lot of times what it means is they can't even see their wrongs or even are unable to acknowledge those wrongs because they don't talk about their feelings. So one of the ways that we do that is through psychoeducation, and that will help you start to recognize negative patterns both in him and in you. And I'm going to get into that a little bit more later on with some of the questions that you ask for. But that's how we start working on our marriage when he's refusing to go to therapy. If he does want to go to therapy, great, amazing. Understand that the type of therapist you see is also going to be important because guess what? I went to therapy too and it didn't work. And the therapist, she gave us a, a couple of things to try, but ultimately 
it didn't really hit the places that we needed. And I'm again, I'm going to address that a little bit more. Second part of that question was you said he refuses to be held accountable for his issues and is difficult to communicate your feelings with. First of all, I'm so sorry that you're going through that. That's a tough place to feel. And there's two points I want to make on that. Number one, there's boundaries. So if he refuses to be held accountable, how are you trying to hold him accountable? So what do your boundaries look like? Are they strong boundaries? Are they too rigid? Are they too fluid? Are you putting boundaries on him that have to do with his behavior versus your behavior? That's just a little bit of a question. Of course, if we were doing a one-on-one that we could get into. Number two is communication. So how are we communicating those feelings? Because what happens a lot of times in marriages is that woman says apple, he hears orange, and now you're fighting because you said apple, he heard orange. We didn't communicate those feelings properly because we weren't taught or we don't know. Or maybe the other person has a lot of deep wounds and they're oversensitive and you said something that should have been fine and they reacted with, you know, you said something maybe that was a two and they reacted with a 10 and now you guys are like, well, what's going on? Uh, and, and so now you're afraid to communicate your feelings because you're afraid to get that same kind of reaction back all these things happen. So how are we communicating the feelings? And was it a situation where what you communicated is two and now he's overreacting and it's a 10 or vice versa? Those are things that we have to talk about. Next, he said, at what point do we throw in the towel? That is um, a sad, but also very personal question because the answer is really only between you and God. I can never say at this point, at this point, you throw in the towel. I don't know because I, I don't live your life. I'm don't know your husband. I don't know the situation that you deal with. So who would I be to tell you the answer to that? I can say that I always ask my clients a couple of these questions. These are things that we go through in the course. And number one, are you being physically or mentally abused? Because if you're continuously being wounded, either physically or mentally, then you're not loving yourself enough to give yourself time to heal. And God's word says that we are to love others as we love ourselves. But what that means is that we are actually supposed to love ourselves. That doesn't mean about being selfish and it's not about um, just like a a self-centeredness, but it means taking care of yourself and not allowing yourself to be continuously being wounded. Because when something in us is wounded, then there's something blocking us from completely receiving the love of God. God is trying to give you something and then you can't receive it because you're wounded. So I don't know if that's your situation, but I always want to ask that. So that's number one. Number two, is there something that's going on? Is there a behavior that's going on that's a deal breaker? Maybe infidelity, addicted to substances, gambling, whatever. Something like that that's a deal breaker where now boundaries come into play here because if he's going to continue with this deal breaker behavior, you have the right to walk away and say, you can do this. That's your own prerogative, but I don't have to stay and put up with it. So that's my next question. What does the, the behavior really look like? Lastly, I would say if none of those things are present, fine. If not, right, then what have you tried to do so far to work on your marriage? Because God has forgiveness and grace for his children and he can fix any mess that we make. But that doesn't mean that there won't be consequences for that mess. So maybe we decide, I just can't take it. And we decide to divorce. 
That doesn't mean that there won't be consequences for that divorce. It does mean that God can heal it, that he can make you whole, that he can heal your wounds, that he'll heal your children. He can do all of that, but there will, there's consequences for it. So that's why it's not a question for me to answer. You're the one to say, are the consequences that might happen? Am I willing to go through those consequences, put my children through those consequences? Or is it better for me to stick around and really work on this marriage, despite the fact that he's driving me crazy or whatever it is that might be going on in your specific case. But that's why I separate the other two issues because abuse and deal breaker activities, those are things that are outside of this. You can still heal a marriage even with those things going on, but those are things that sometimes really does mean that a separation, some sort of separation would be best. Continuing down, you had a very, very insightful question and comment. You said, there's also a disconnect in terms of parenting and a refusal to acknowledge that the old school way of parenting where children aren't treated like humans is archaic and not conducive to the emotional and physical growth. And then you asked, how does your childhood relationships you saw or didn't see affect you as a person? Do they affect your spouse? How do you address it and use it to better your marriage girl. This is everything. I love this question, which is why I was like, no, no, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to adjust this in a video because it actually has everything <laughs> to do with how we deal with people today. Your childhood relationships affect your spouse because it affects the way you relate to him and his childhood relationships have shaped him and what he sees as normal and appropriate so both you and your husband might be repeating existing patterns that you didn't even know existed this has everything everything to do so sometimes we're doing things that we don't even know are wrong we're doing things and we don't even know that we're causing trauma, that we have no idea. And we're doing the best that we can. It doesn't make you or your husband a bad person. I'm sure he's doing the best he can with what he knows. But what we don't realize is that a lot of our ways of relating are just a repeat of patterns that have happened before. I'll give you the example of Encanto, where everyone in the family has a role to play. And that was because uh, this is how the family related to each other it, within that role. Well, how do you think, you know, in, in part two or whatever, when they all have families of their own, they're going to continue those roles and how they how they behave and how they relate to people. And, and in their own families, people are going to have roles. That's what happens within our family of origin. And that's what shapes how we deal with people today. That's why Louisa was the strong one. And, and the way she thought she needed to deal with people is by helping them and saving them. And Isabella was the perfect one. And she thought her way to help the family was by being perfect and all of that. There's, there's, Bruno was the one, the scapegoat. Nobody talked about Bruno, right? Because he was the one that everybody just pushed off to the side and, and put all their all the difficult things they put on him. The science behind family of origin therapy is, I'm really, really passionate about it. So lastly, how do we address it? That was your last question. You said, how do you address it and use it to better your marriage? It was such a great question. So the way you address it is through psychoeducation, which I talked about before. Um, and the other way you address it is through therapy, which he might not want to go. But again, this type of therapy you can do on your own. So a marriage and family therapist, that's an MFT, if you're going to look it up, a marriage and family therapist 
can dig into family history with you. They're actually trained in doing this type of work. They can dig into your family history. A Christian marriage and family therapist can actually align that with the word of God without being judgmental and and all that is really a beautiful thing in what they do. And if you're not ready for that or can't afford therapy, hey, feel free to stick around in this group, listen to the podcast, because I do have a lot of episodes coming up around this psychoeducation, because as I enter into this field and learn about it, I've just become more and more passionate about it. And I'm like, this just unlocks a whole world of things that I always knew existed intuitively, but never really had language for. A couple of resources that I will give you for yourself. There's going to be two books that I'll give you. Number one is a book called Forgiving Your Parents and Forgiving Yourself. And that is by Dr. David Stoop. It's a, a great book, really goes into all of that family history. And then another one is called Healing for Damaged Emotions, and that's by David A. Siemens. Another great book. I encourage you to listen to it or to get it. You can get an audible book. You can just a small, it's a quick, both those books are small, quick read. Honestly, by the last line of that book, I was in tears. Oh my God, this is so great. I really love it. So I highly recommend that. As a way to help you start creating change in your own life and marriage, really start being empowered and saying, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. And my family, well, we're going to break the cycle. We're going to break cycles that have happened in our past. And once you've read those two books, I want you to do me a favor. Come back to me. Send me a DM because I know who you are. The whole world doesn't have to know you are. But send me a DM. Come back to me and I'll give you another one. Or I'll announce another one that's good for you to read. But I don't want to overwhelm you. I'll give you those two. It's a really great place to start for us to start understanding. The whole science was purring, family of origin. And there's a whole therapy uh, behind it. And it's just really amazing. But the point of it is to understand that where we came from shapes who we are today without us even realizing it. And these books, they're both written by Christian authors. And what, what it does is... It even goes back into scripture and it'll show you how we'll see patterns within scripture, within families in scripture. And we can see how that relates to, to today and how they carried on some of those family legacies. Ugh, again, really, really amazing stuff. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope this very long answer was helpful to you. Uh, and I really encourage any one of you, if you have any sorts of questions like that, please feel free to reach out to me. If you want to talk more about this, send me a DM. That's private. Nobody else gets that but me. And we can talk about it and either do a one-on-one or if you have any other questions that you'd like me to answer, I'd be happy to do so. Love you guys. Bye-bye.